0: Welcome to the Breaking 50% Podcast, where we bring you a few minutes of NFL gambling news because you care about gambling, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it trash cover of the week. Dolphins minus three and a half over the Jets. There are a number of phrases that announcers continually repeat, and they do so somewhat successfully because the statement appeals to a little bit of our common sense, such as you've got to establish the run. You think of the game where another team began pounding the rock, the safeties had to come into the box, the receivers were now singled up outside, the passing game opened up. Yeah, you got to run early to allow the passing game to work. You got to establish the run. Yeah, this is all entirely viable. This makes a lot of sense. And there's nothing wrong with having an instinctual reaction to what an announcer says or what you're seeing. But the beautiful thing about this is that it's testable and you can look into the numbers and see that there isn't a correlation between the teams that establish the runner early and the teams that actually win games. But sometimes we can dive into a world where a phrase is frequently repeated, but yet it's never really been tested. It's not that it isn't testable. It's just that I haven't found anyone who's put in the time, and I'm not going to put in the time. And this phrase actually makes more sense than a lot of the other cliches. See, like like that establishing the run cliche, you could just pause for a moment and think about, well... Couldn't the opposite be true? Couldn't I pass early to open up the run? And it doesn't seem like there would need to be a predisposition to doing one of those two things before the other one. But with the phrase, yeah, you don't ever want to have to re-kick because all of your players just sprinted down the field and the receiving team didn't have to, that's... That seems... I, I, I can't defeat that very easily. I mean, on a punt return, the there's a lot of running being done by the return team in addition to the receiving team. You could argue that there's the same amount of running being done except for the returner himself. On a kickoff return, though, so much of the return team is stationary, is... 40 yards back, 50 yards back, they are not having to sprint. They're they're just welcoming sprinters and trying to block them. So having to make that 50-yard sprint a second time when the person you're going against didn't have to sprint at all, that does really seem like a pretty legitimate disadvantage. I mean, sure, these are pro athletes. They're well-trained. They're well-conditioned. But you just have to do two 50-yard sprints in 15 seconds, there's something lost. So the Dolphins were down 23-20 to with under six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Jets had just scored to take that lead. They kicked off. Very solid coverage. Pinned the Dolphins at the 19-yard line. But there's a flag on the play and it's not holding and it's not a block in the back. Oh, it's offsides. Everyone's got to jog all the way back. The Dolphins can pretty much stay where they were. Re-kick. Touchdown. covering that spread by .5 points and, of course, winning the game as well. Do I know for sure that that happened because they were a little bit worse at coverage due to fatigue? No, I don't know. But I do know that that is a really trashy way to win. On a re-kick that results in a touchdown? Ugh! Least favorite comment of the week. This shows that the Jared Goff pick was a colossal disaster. It's one thing to jump to conclusions after someone plays a game. Yes, it is absurd to render judgments on someone's career after playing a game, even after playing a season. I mean, look at Melvin Gordon last year. Oh, he's a bust, he's terrible. God, he's gonna be out of the league in three years. Oh my god, Melvin Gordon's unstoppable! He's going to the Hall of Fame. Like. <laughs> We know we're making just irrational judgments. It's, it's a disease that we're all suffering from. But at least in those cases, as appalling as those cases are, someone's actually played a game. We've been able to see them in the NFL. With Jared Goff, who was the number one pick in the NFL draft, who has not started, who has not even played. It must be because he's terrible. It must be because the Rams made an unbelievably terrible mistake. It must be because if you're 22 years old and you can't get into an NFL game nine weeks into a season, that's it. Just quit now. Or we could look at this a little bit more reasonably. And that would start with Just waiting until someone actually plays games before deciding whether the person is good or bad. I don't pretend that there's nothing that can be gleaned from the fact that Jared Goff isn't playing. But it's also foolish to pretend that there's only one successful path for NFL rookies. That we can look at Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz and use that as an indictment of Jared Goff. We'll see. He golf just wasn't ready, so he must be worse than those guys. As if there aren't players who end up being better, even though they weren't as good on day one. Like that's that's one of the huge things about coaching, right? Player development. There are college athletes who come in and play as a true freshman. There are also five-star recruits who come in and are redshirted and then sit on the bench the next year and don't get playing time until their sophomore, junior years. And they still end up being fantastic, just as there are ones who start as freshmen and end up being fantastic. That same type of diversity of paths should be heralded in the NFL as well. I mean, is it not... Our tendency to look back at past failed draft picks and wonder what might have happened if that person was in a better situation, if that person got to wait a little bit, if that person's psyche got to be preserved. That instead of being rushed out, taking a ton of losses, making a ton of mistakes, got to wait until he felt more comfortable because here's the reality. There are very, very, very small numbers of people who are so talented that situation doesn't matter. They will just transcend all and the person will basically always be successful. For the majority of people, the overwhelming majority, and that includes first round draft picks, so much of success is dependent on outside variables. So if a coach wants to try and shift those outside variables more in the favor of that rookie number one pick, that seems like... A fairly prudent strategy. At the very least, it seems like we should wait a little bit to see that strategy play out before declaring draft picks colossal failures. Just patience. That's it. Reminder of the week. Betting against teams that keep beating the spread is a stupid strategy. You walk into a casino and you see on that nice little digital display that, remember, the casino put there, that Black has just hit ten times in a row. Oh my god, run to the ATM, pay that $20 ATM fee, and throw it all on Red. Red has to hit. No, it doesn't you are suffering from gambler's fallacy, which is the mistaken belief that if something happens more frequently than normal during some period, it will happen less frequently in the future. The next spin on that roulette wheel is just as likely to be black as it was the time before as it will be any time in the future because these are independent events That history is irrelevant. And while the NFL seems different than the roulette wheel, it's exactly the same. These games, these spreads, are independent events. It's just 50-50 every single week. It doesn't matter if the Patriots have covered 7 out of 8 games. They have a 50% chance of covering this next week. I always found it hilarious when people would bring up those against-the-spread stats to justify betting. Well, Matt Stafford is 8-3 against the spread in a 4 p.m. kickoff following a game against a West Coast team. Uh, they were, it was, terrible examples of data fitting. It included data that could in no way be relevant. Like, Let's let's say instead of Matt Stafford, we just use the Lions. The Lions are eight and three against the spread following a home loss against an AFC South team. Like those stats go back to a time when there was a different quarterback, when there was a different coach, when there were all sorts of different players, and somehow you are citing that as a reason why you want to bet on the Lions today? Now, people, perhaps seeing the incredible flaws in those stats which span multiple seasons, are just looking at a single season and looking at who has lost a bunch of games against the spread and who has won a bunch of games against the spread because, I mean, this has got to all regress back to 8-8 and everyone's got to be 50 50 at the end of the season right so we should be betting against the patriots and betting against the cowboys because they're so good against the spread right now and while we're at it why don't we bet on san francisco because they're one in seven against the spread they have to get better it's just amazing to me that this reminder is necessary because again as with so many of these reminders it just takes a 30 second internet search to immediately blow up your strategy let's just take a look at 2015 Minnesota Vikings, 14-3 against the spread. They covered 82% of the time. Cincinnati, 12-3, 80% cover. Carolina, 13-6, 68% cover. Oh, and Dallas, 4-11, 26% cover. Tennessee at the same terrible rate. So no, and again, I'm stunned that this has to be repeated. Just because a team has been winning a bunch of games against the spread doesn't mean that they're any more likely to start losing games against the spread. And vice versa. It's just 50-50. As much as you might want it to be something that you can manipulate and strategize, you can't. Unless you are one of the hundred or so extremely advanced gamblers that has found a tiny, tiny edge against Vegas. And if you are looking at how many games a team has covered against the spread, I am quite confident you are not one of said gamblers. So go ahead. Have fun. Gamble. Just don't think you're getting any sort of edge because you know what the Cowboys did against the spread last i ja.